The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. All the tax collectors and sinners were coming nearer to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them a parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So the father divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. The young man would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion and ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. The slave replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then the elder son became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never had given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. The readings today are quite spectacular, each one of them in their own right, and they encourage us in this time of stress and darkness and even uncertainty about how much we are loved, how much the Father cares for us. The second reading is really the crux of the whole theme here because Paul is making a statement that he often repeats throughout his writings, and it's one that he experienced personally. 
He says, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. For Paul, that was exactly true because spiritually speaking, he was dead. When he thought that he knew God, and yet he was quite mistaken, he was brought up as a Pharisee and trained in the school of Gamaliel. He was at the top of his class, and yet he did not understand the prophecies pointing to Christ. And when he encountered Christians, he persecuted them, and in fact was present when St. Stephen was killed. So he was dead, spiritually speaking. Yet, God did not give up on him. When he was on his way to persecute Christians on the road to Damascus, God spoke. Christ said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And that knocked Paul to the ground, and he was undone. He knew he was lost. He was blinded, and thanks to the help of others, he came to be baptized, to know Christ, and then he was a new creation. And that was significant for Paul because it changed everything, as it should for us. We experience that new birth and baptism, for sure. But every time we turn toward God and repent of our sins and ask forgiveness, that's like a rebirth. And that's what Paul is getting at. So that we see everything new because we see through the eyes of Christ. Now for Paul, once he was born again like that, he preached this message of reconciliation. In fact, he tried to reconcile, and he did, the Jews of his day with Gentiles. That dividing wall that separated them was demolished, largely because of his preaching and his setting up churches and writing most of the New Testament, all because he experienced this new birth, and that's what we're called to do as well. Because God wants us fully alive, because he has a ministry for us, as he did with Paul. In fact, Paul says that. He says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself. And that was the forgiveness of Paul's sins. But then he says, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. Now, this is so important that Jesus gives us an illustration of this new birth in the parable that we've just heard in the gospel, parable of the two sons. We notice that the first son, the younger one, really was spiritually dead. And in fact, he wished his father to be dead because he said, Father, give me my portion of the inheritance. In other words, I wish you were dead so I could get the inheritance now. In fact, the father gave him his portion, one-third since he was the younger brother. And he immediately goes off to a distant country, which shows right there alienation. That's what sin does. It alienates us from our Heavenly Father. In this case, the son was alienated already, but he moved out of the house, out of the country, out of communion with God. And quickly spent all the money on dissolute living. And then he found himself in a mess because there was a great famine in the land, and he was now suffering from hunger. No one would feed him anything. He finally hired himself out feeding pigs, which would be the lowest he could go. 
because for Jews, pigs were unclean, and now he was caring for pigs. So there's the alienation, there's the suffering, and there's the sense that he is filthy, he's in the muck. And yet that's where the turning point began, because then it says, this is probably the most important line in the whole parable, when he came to himself, when he realized that he was lost, that was the beginning. Now, he wasn't totally contrite in the sense that he wanted to reconcile with his father. He wanted food. He wanted to be alive. And so he thought, well, I'll go back to my father. At least I'll be a slave. But that was a start. And as he walked toward the father, there was the beginning. And as soon as he encountered the father, new life from the father, who refused even to hear his act of contrition. Immediately, he says, clothe him with the best robe. Relates back to the story of Joseph, who had the best coat, coat of many colors, because he was the favorite son of Jacob. Here, this prodigal is now the favorite son because he was lost, he was dead, and now has been made alive. Put a ring on his finger, clothe him. When we convert, in baptism and repentance of sin, we're clothed, we put on Christ and kill the fatted path because the Father wants to celebrate. Father represents the Father in heaven and there's more joy in heaven for one lost sinner who repents than 99 who don't need it. And here we have this Father throwing a party. It's a great, great story because this son was dead. In fact, the Father says that. Let's celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. That's the second reading from Paul, illustrated by Christ. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. However, the elder son is also lost, except he doesn't know it. He thinks he's in a relationship with his father, but he's not, because he says, when the good news is told to him of his lost brother, listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you. He's considering himself a slave and not even a son. In his relationship to his father, it's servile obedience out of fear. It's not a friendship. It's not a relationship with his father. It's servile fear. And then he says, this son of yours has come back. He doesn't even acknowledge his brother. He's really lost. And the father tries to reconcile him by saying, everything I have is yours. You are with me always. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come back to life, was lost and has been found. And the father is pleading with his elder son to be found and to be alive in a new relationship with his brother and with his father. We don't know how it ends, but it is an invitation. And that's what God does always. He invites, he doesn't impose or force, but he invites. Now notice back to that second reading, as I said, when Paul was reconciled to God, he said, now I have a mission of reconciliation. In fact, he says, we are ambassadors. And an ambassador is one who represents the country, represents the best of the country, the culture, the prime minister or the president is the ambassador who brings others and tries to reconcile nations and other peoples. 
That's what we're called to do. Because we have been made alive. And we are in relationship with God. And there's much to reconcile, as we see in the world. We can pray, and that's an important thing to do, because we have this dignity of being sons and daughters of God, part of the family. And when we see that there is someone who is lost, or perhaps alienated from us, we're called to make that effort, as the Father did, and reconcile. And that is the most important ministry we can ever have, to bring people together, as we're doing in our family of parishes, and as God wants us to do, because there are so many people who are hurting, who are lost, and we have been given this grace by God. Let us rejoice and be glad as we come before the Eucharist to receive Christ. Let us offer our souls, our hearts, our bodies to the service of Christ because we are alive. We have been made new in Christ.